Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest issue of Red Side Le Trent. I'm your host, Christian Brown, and sadly we don't have a full house today as Lee Clark is AWOL, but we do have Reese Lane and Whitley with me. Um, so we're going to look at Forest's first League Cup semi-final in 30 years, which unfortunately ended in a 3-0 scoreline for the wrong way as Manchester United ran out of 3-0 at the City Grounds in what was something of a sobering night, um, one that had a lot of promise attached to it to begin with. So... We'll stop. We'll just jump straight into that because I think, like, it's as bizarre as it sounds. We do still have something of a chance, even though it's probably fantasy dreamland to think that we do. But we technically, <laughs> as mathematically goes, we are still in the tie. But um, Adam, we'll look at the Forest team first and foremost. So obviously, Sam Surridge started, led the line. That was the main sort of shock, if you liked. Although the midfield three of Danilo, Freuler, and Scarpa was also one of note too. What did you think of the team and was it something that you would have gone with yourself? I put up the question or the poll or whatever of of maybe flirting with the idea of a Scarpa, Danilo, Freuler midfield because that's what we ended up with at Bournemouth and it seemed to bring that bit more creativity. And I thought it was a positive move to go with at home. I thought if we was going to get anything out of the two-legged tie, then we had to go for it in some way. But maybe as Reese probably will argue that we should have gone a bit more solid, which is fair enough in, in terms of trying to compete with Man United. I, I I personally quite like the idea of of going for it, though in hindsight we got beat quite comfortably in the end, though the scoreline flatters Man United, I think, a little bit, but second half we were we were poor anyway. But no, I, I thought it was a good it was kind of a good experiment, but kind of a bad one. It's one of those you take on the chin, but I feel, thought going forward, we looked really exciting. Good to go in the other direction, we was an absolute abysmal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that more injury course, I'm sure. But I, I think you are right. The score I did flat, Man United. But I mean, I was like, obviously, like living in the South, you're surrounded by United fans everywhere, aren't you? And, um, you know, the it's, it's basically what the sort of conclusion I came to is that 
when you're on top against these teams, you have like a 15, 20 minute spell where you're well in the game and you need to score in that time because you will get punished otherwise. That's exactly what happened to Forest. It just but, reminded um, me of the Spurs game where we were yeah, on top and we scored, course, we conceded yeah. in the first five minutes again. And you yeah, can't do that again. You can't do that against players like Rashford where they're in such good form. I mean, mm. I'm sure we'll get onto the goal, but yeah, it's just reminded me of that really. And then they killed the tie. Very much. We are about to come straight on to that, actually, Reese. So, obviously, United started very quickly. And I think that's the thing that surprised me the most because you could see that the, the way they were zipping the ball around, they just seemed stronger, faster and better than Forrest in the first five, ten minutes, especially. And But, I mean, the goal... I mean, we know how good Rashford is. I mean, that's his 10th goal in 10 games. He's completely rediscovered his form that that PE teacher, Solskjaer, somehow couldn't get out of him last season or Ragnick. But... Yeah, you know, he felt a bit like a gift again. Like Aurier's, I mean, one thing I think has been overlooked from this. I mean, we all we're all in this pod big fans of Serge Aurier, but he bombed forwards to the point that Rashford had a clean channel to run into. And as soon as Freuder started running back after him, I was like, this is a goal. Like even like five ten seconds before he pulled the trigger. And I mean, the thing that annoys me though, Reese, is that you know there's several opportunities there for one of Freuder or Worrell to stop that. Not necessarily get yellow cards and foul, I just mean from some good defending. But it's a poor goal to concede, even though it's a it's brilliant from brilliant play from Rashford. But what was your view on it and what could have been done differently? Um I think it was clear to see that um Ten Hag spoke about the atmosphere um I heard on Talksport before the game saying, you know, he expected it to be a really good atmosphere. And like you said, Christian, I thought they started fashion United, zipping the ball around and it quietened the crowd and they literally scored. I think every goal was at such perfect times for them. Um, you know, and we'll we'll focus on this one. The Forest have got to deal with that. Freud and Worrell in a two-on-one situation. I know Rashford is like I think it was Lee who said in the last pod is one of the most informed players in the world at the minute. But you know, Forrest are two on one down that channel. Forrest have got to, Worrell and Freud are between them have got to deal with that. I don't know whether that was a miscommunication. I don't know if it was a bit of hesitancy because that's why it looked like as if, oh, it's Marcus Rashford running at his ear where they should, should they just got to deal with that. And then he's kind of like bobbled his way through Ante. And then you could even ask, you know, there'll be a few questions as well over Hennessy. Should he probably do better with that at his near post? But, you know, the, I always like to focus on the root cause of the problem and Forrest have just got to stop that, you know, two on one. I, I had, you know, a bit of debate about with uh, other fans on Twitter saying, you know, we should have just took a cheap yellow card there. We didn't even need to do that. You know, just we just got to deal with that because, you know, the odds are massively stacked in our favour. If it was one-on-one, you know, or in the 80th minute, fair enough, probably take a foul. But, yeah, just so disappointing. And that, and that, that set the tone then because the crowd from that were deflated. And, I mean, even myself, I, I thought it was going to be a long night after that and, even though it was even in parts of the game or we was on top in parts of the game, it turned out to be a long night in terms of the scoreline. Yeah, I think the moment for me is that when it could be stopped is when Worrell first gets his foot in because it isn't a strong foot. It, I know that sounds mm. like most of it, but he sort of puts his foot in, but the ball sort of hands on off Rashford and then goes back onto Rashford's path. I think a stronger challenge there just stops the attack and it's and it's like yeah, it's, a, it's a clean tackle as well. That that's so, what I meant about the hesitancy, like as if because it was Marcus Rashford, you know, win the ball and and go, you know, wipe him out as well. You know, God, who cares if it's Marcus Rashford? 
Um, Ironically, just, after you know, that, we actually dealt pretty well with Rashford. Yeah, well. it, it, I, I said I said that um, to another fan on Twitter. Annoyingly, he didn't really see him arse. He'd kind of as if he'd done his bit and that was it. Because I expected after that goal for United to get the ball to Rashford at every point and they didn't get mm. to him much, really. And he had that bit of a sulk in the second half, didn't he, where he went down. And uh, obviously then... You know, the tie was pretty much done and Tenag brought him off and brought Ganacho on. So um yeah, just just it just the cliche of soft goal that was, wasn't it? Very much so, yeah. But I mean, one thing that I was impressed with and pleased with was that it would be very easy for Forrest to just fold then and just stop. But Adam, I felt that we actually called the tide quite a bit and gained a real foothold in the game. And this was perhaps, you know, summed up mostly by the Surrey just allowed goal. I mean, the move for the goal was brilliant. I mean, Danilo winning the ball back, or whoever it was on the ball back, Danilo outside of the ball, outside of the foot, ball to Gibbs White. Gibbs White carries it and plays in Surridge pretty much perfectly, really. I know Cooper said after the game that that could have been done better in the sense of maybe he could have played it slightly earlier or Surridge could have timed his run slightly better. But what did you think of that as a sort of moment, as a flashpoint in the game? Because I mean, even after that, I felt that Forrest was still you know, throwing punches. It wasn't like like before, um obviously we said after the Bournemouth game, didn't we, that when um when the eights had a disallowed goal, it sort of sort of deflated us a little bit. But it didn't seem to be the case against United. No, I thought it was it was an impressive, it was well executed goal. I thought it was just the matter of a kneecap or whatever it was that Sorridge was offside. I think you couldn't have asked for a more perfect counter attacking goal it would it kind of summed up Forrest for the last 18 months nearly two years or whatever since Cooper's come in uh or no it's a year isn't it blimey um it feels it feels a lot longer which is nice um yeah no it was a, it was well executed it gives white where exactly where you want him running at defenses then backing off a 3v2 well executed Surridge is that's one of his best finishers in a Forest shirt kind of remind me of that Swansea goal that we all Absolutely awed over last season. It was it was right in the corner. Like no keeper was saving that in the world. Um, and and it was brilliant. And it just shows what Danilo is going to bring to this team because he was finding Morgan Gibbs White on the half turn or Scarpa on the half turn more often than not. And he's a really exciting prospect. But we gave it a really good go. We we were we were knocking on the door. But at the end of the day, United were 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 good in both boxes, and that's what wins your football games. At the end of the day what you do in both penalty areas and unfortunately we just couldn't quite do it like I said similar to the Tottenham game where we just didn't have that that little bit of cutting edge that bit of uh, nastiness almost and ruthlessness to to stick one in the in the back of the net when, when we could have done I mean Johnson had a few chances didn't he and there were some really good bits of play and there's some really exciting things to come from us and obviously we've we have to pick our battles against the the so-called I'm going to call them the other 13 now because I feel like Newcastle have joined the top seven now. That's what it's going to turn into. So if we can play like that in future, then then there's no reason why we won't stuff a team this season, potentially, which would be nice. It would be very nice, yeah. But well, yeah, I think you're right about the whole both boxes thing. And I think the thing that perhaps sums it up most, Reese, was when, once again, <laughs> Johnson has a chance to cut the ball back. There's a man open in space. Like, I don't... I, and once again, he delays and delays and delays and just tamely shoots at the ends. And like, I mean, it's it's, 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 it's infuriating because you think that I get his young player is going to make these positive mistakes as Cooper Coulson, but 
I just, it's just a complete head loss. I don't know how he's... Uh, what made it worse is that he's clearly looked up and seen Danilo over there as well and hasn't passed it. That's what makes it even worse. Because, like, at that point, you're just not doing your job properly. And as well as Johnson played, especially in the first half, I mean, second half, I've always been anonymous, really. But, you know, as I'm alluded to there, dancing past players and having shots and making chances happen, that, I thought, was really bad play. And that's something that potentially swung momentum back United's way after that. I don't know how, what you think about the incident. I've only seen that live. Um, it wasn't on the highlights. So I, this is going off from a live perspective because did you sit in Upper Bridgeford as well the other night as usual, Christian? No, I was in my stands. No. So I was literally so, I was like sort of like... Obviously from, from, my, from my view, it didn't really look like he'd, he'd seen him. Um, obviously, if you've seen it on the highlights and I'd said you have, then I'll take your word for it. Um, and it was probably a bit harder pass, I'd probably say, than... You know, the Tiago's, <laughs> we're not going back into that debate, are we? The, the silver one, in my opinion, this is. I know Twitter, some people on Twitter will disagree. Um, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, like like you just said, what is he, Johnson, 21? He's, I'm not going to be too harsh on the lad. He's he's shown, I think, last, or oh, he's up for player of the month, so that shows you the improvement there is going to be times when he is going to do the right thing, like at Southampton. There is going to be times when he is greedy, um, like the other night. So I'm not going to be dead harsh on him. I think what Johnson's problems all stem from is from his dad's that his dad's tweet, wasn't it? That's why it was when he, you know, he had a go at grabbing for not passing, and Johnson's now done that a few times. But the the positive I'll take out of that is at least he's kind of got a bit of a striker's instinct. Um, to go for it himself, I guess he's a little positive. I guess, but hmm. yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be too. I'm not going to be too harsh on him. Um, at the end of the day, I personally got no qualms within the tie. I, I just thought United just scored at the perfect times, didn't they? And, but the reason, the thing is, that they scored at the perfect time because Johnson didn't cut yeah. the ball back. He does that. Delillo scores. It's one all before they get a mm. chance to go up. Yeah, you'd like you'd like to hope so, wouldn't you? Um, no, I'm, I'm not going to be too hard. I'm going to be, be sitting on the fence of it here, aren't I? Um, I don't yeah, think Adam he, is. Adam's got his hands raised. So. Yeah, let, 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 let Adam have um, a go and I'll come in as well. Sitting in the the almighty upper cluff or, or upper guff, as I like to call it, because the atmosphere is normally terrible. But I was banging line with it. And to be honest, I I don't think Johnson even sees Danilo. His head's yeah, down. I thought from, yeah. from my angle, Wan-Bissaka defends him really well, sends him wide. His body shape is good in terms of if if Johnson's going to get a shot off, it's going to be one way. He's going to have to really get it in the corner to beat De Gea and, and De Gea is going to always be in favour of it. And then, and then one of my friends said in the group chat that he should have passed it and showed me all these different angles on from television. Then you can kind of say, well, yeah. And he says, oh, if you can get a shot away, you can get a pass away. Personally, I don't think he even looks up I don't think yeah, he even yeah, sees I Danilo. I mean, I don't know how you don't how you don't see Danilo. He's got bright blonde hair. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I I I just don't think he sees him in all honesty. So I can kind of give him a bit of leeway, more more leeway than the Thiago Silva one, where I do think he should have passed. But it's it's gone now, isn't it? I think I think with Johnson, like we spoke about a belief thing, didn't we? Um, early on in the season, now he started to believe against the other 13, as Adam said, that it can cause them problems. And I'll give an example for this. Um, because the other night he got by Wan-Bissaka and he did him for pace and he gave Wan-Bissaka a couple of yards start and he did him. 
And then he like stopped and turned back. And I was like, oh, just go through the gears and believe in yourself. You've literally got him. You, you know, and Wan-Bissaka's not a slouch, you know what I mean? I was like, just believe in yourself. You've gone by him. And I don't know whether he, he thought, oh, Wan-Bissaka's going to do that kind of famous hook tackle he does, which is really good at, to be fair. Um, and it, it probably like typifies us as a team. We kind of believe we can beat the teams around us now. But when we play them teams who are at the top, you know, and on form, I know we drew against Chelsea um, and beat Liverpool, but they were like struggling at the time. But then teams who are really at the top, like United on top, top form, it's as if like we just got to have that bit more belief in ourselves because as we showed, we caused them problems and we had them, you know, for a bit of period in the first half on the ropes a little bit. So, but like we've said, and this is why I'm not going to be too harsh on him or the team, we're still work in progress. You know, it is, you know, we're, if someone would have said, I just think back to after that lesson, I always think back to that game. Someone would have said in January 28th, we are now, you would have been 13th in the league. And I probably laughed because we, I think a lot of fans thought we was literally staring down the barrel back to the championship. So it's, it's the good thing. Forest have got to just learn from these type of things. You know, it's disappointing because we're all so close to Wembley again. We're all dreamt of getting into Europe. But, you know, we've just got to try and learn from these things. And, you know, and Johnson's one of the, part of a cog in the team who hopefully will learn from that as time goes on because we're still, still a young lad. Yeah, that, that is very true. I think like, it sort of goes back as well to what Lee was saying before about one, how we are maybe a bit too harsh on him because we know how good he can be. Yeah. And two, um, how it's it's funny how you get like a different sort of perception again depending where you're sitting because literally everyone around me in A block exploded. Mm. Like everyone was just screaming at Johnson, like, well, why have you not looked up? Why have you not hooked it? Why have you not cut it back? And like, obviously, some of my mates watching back home as well, they're like, how's he not seen that? Why is his awareness so bad? And it's was, sort of was like, it was like, it has cost us. That's the thing. This is why I'm so frustrated about it because it ultimately has cost us. Like, it's all well and good to say about Surrey's not timing his run properly, but equally, we could be sat here now saying Surrey's timing his run properly and equalised. Johnson looked up and went into one and a half time. And what, was it suddenly one of the sa- Suddenly we're going to Old Trafford with potentially a lead. Like, we don't know. This is this is why it's so frustrating. This is why it has, Five margins. Five margins, oh. yeah. <laughs> I mean... That term applies so much more at this level. There's yeah, so many right. games. What are you're the right. finest of fine margin? Like the Leicester game's perfect. You know, the yeah. first goal for us. Uh, was it Wamba Saka was marking Johnson in that move? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know whether because like Adam said, I do agree with that. I just didn't think he got his head up, and he was probably a bit preoccupied trying to beat Wamba Saka rather than maybe looking. But that that will come. That's why I'm mm. probably not being too harsh on him. And we've seen if, over the last month how much he's improved. So hopefully he can carry that on. If Morgan Gibbs White can give like five percent of confidence to Johnson, then we're on to a winner. Because Morgan Gibbs White, I mean, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, Christian, but I thought he gave Casemiro an absolute torrid time in the first half, especially. He was, he was, was unplayable at times. Yeah. I, I mean, got him picked out for um performances later. Yeah. We'll talk about him later, but yeah. I mean, um, I think I might have to get a poster of him in my wall. I might have to like I'm replace him. Fuck it, I'm I, I, I hope my wife don't listen to this podcast. I might have to put, replace like one of our wedding photos. With <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll have to get like a life side cardboard cutout, kick her out of bed. Sleep on the set. I don't think I've had a Forest shirt name set since I had like Andy Reid's. I was like eleven. <laughs> like, the, the, the problem, like, the, the, just, just before we move on, but the, the problem is, is you're gonna get Gibbs wild on the back of your shirt and I don't know how long we're going to keep him that's how it. good yeah. he's been 
we'll come on to that definitely. But um, ultimately, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I was so frustrated with Johnson not looking to back up was because very shortly after that, completely against run of play, and again from shit defending, United go up two nil. Uh, Anthony has all the time in Nottingham to have a fire a shot away at Hennessy. No one closes him down, Adam, and then. No one tracks Weghorst. I mean, Weghorst, for fuck's sake, the guy's a beanpole, he can't move, and he still gained five yards on the centre-backs. Like, And then he puts it in the back of the net. I mean, it was weird. I found, I don't know about you, I found that goal really weird because it felt like none of the United fans celebrated it. Because I think they all sort of, everyone looked at the screen assuming that it'd be offside because from where we were sat, Weghorst looked miles off. Because mm. Everyone's looked at him and thought, there's no way he's got ahead of our defenders. Look at him. Like, and even the United fans were sort of like, a, yay. And they sort of looked, everyone sort of looked at the screen unanimously. And then it was sort of like the sort of quiet hubbub for a bit. And then Oliver blows for game three start. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, but what was your take? Oh, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I was expecting... A flag to go up or or the screen to start buffering almost into to VAR. Uh, I mean, it's it's bad that we let Anthony get a shot away. I mean, at the time I thought Hennessy, it's probably sh- straight at him in his chest area and it's difficult to parry away, but maybe actually looking back at it, he, he could maybe do something a little bit better with it. But we know that he's not the best of his feet movement or, or whatever you want to call it is... Getting, getting, getting into position to do that sort of thing, but the the fact that the striker follows up and the defender doesn't is is not the best. I mean, I know you call him a big beanpole, but I watched him against Arsenal and I thought he was quite good in terms of being a, a an outball for, for United and getting other players into play. And I think he does that job reasonably well. When I mean, he's not a permanent fix for Man United, but I think he's he's something, isn't he? I mean, obviously Ten Hag trusts him. Um, probably knows him from from being in the Dutch league and that, but yeah, it's it's bad all round, isn't it? And it it completely killed it. I mean, Reece said about timings. It's it's on the stroke of half time. I think if we go in one nil down, it kind of looks like right. We regroup. We'll get back at him and we'll give him a real good go. But I think that just completely killed it off. I mean, I think every fan has pretty much then then and there written the second leg off, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good, is it? I mean. It's, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating because you think you're right. Like, I mean, to be honest, we'll come on to this as well for the third goal. I think even at 2 0, there's still a chance. Like, it's, like let's say like, we get a set piece in the first five minutes, Old Trafford score, then suddenly got 85 minutes to get a leveller. But 3 0 just seems. But again, we'll come on to that because I think like we'll cover Hennessy as well a bit more in depth because I'm pretty sure most of our views on him may have changed over the last few games. Um, but no, it's just it's just an all round bat. I mean, uh, like I said to you before, it's all well and good if you, if you get cut to pieces by good sides. And on the balance of play, United were the better team. There's no disputing that. But you give away goals cheaply, it's just infuriating. And like, I know, obviously, the counter argument to that is, you know, good teams make mistakes happen. But these don't seem like mistakes that are being forced. Does that make sense? They just seem like gifts. And that's what makes it annoying. Like, let's say, for example, with, you know, Rashford runs at, you know, there's two people running for a ball and Rashford sort of shrugs rather up more out of the way and then buries it in the bottom corner. You go, all right, fair enough. He's beaten the foot race. But uh, never mind. But obviously the second half, as you said, that guy Adam sort of pretty much had the game done. And United, I felt a certain a lot more control in the second half race. They could afford to. You know, they took the sting out of the game a bit. And obviously they they looked a bit more threatening as well. I know Ericsson hit the bar. But it did still feel fairly even. It felt like Forrest was still somewhat in the game, at least. Not necessarily on top, or just, just surviving. But they still felt in the game. Up until Gibbs White got injured. And then, 
obviously when he went off, I felt that we just that was when we collapsed. Really, what did you think? Yeah, I, I just thought the game drifted second half. You know, United had us at arm's length and thought, well, we don't really need to. You know, we don't really need to step up in gears. Here. We've got these at arm's length, um, and that that was about it, really. Um, are you coming on to the third goal with Adam or? Oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I've got so, a few other things to drop in first, but yeah. Yeah, okay, just, fair enough. Yes, yeah, so I, I won't I won't go much into that. Um, yeah, the, the, you know what? I can't even like remember much of the second half. It's it just like, like you said, it just kind of drifted, didn't it? And it was like, and then up until, you know, that third goal, which completely, like you said, Christian kills it, doesn't it? I mean, like you said, if you go, if you go up to Old Trafford and you 2-0 down, you, you, you get the first goal, whether it's, one minute in or 80 minutes and it gives you a hope, but you know, it's, you know, 99.9% tied dead after that. But um, that's, that's the level, you know, that's the level of teams, you know, um, I said on Twitter again, speaking with fans, you know, Anthony who did very little the other night, he cost more than our old first 11. So that shows you the, 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 the levels in golf in class. Um I think it was just just a disappointment for us all because we thought if we need if we could I think everyone just thought let's just stay in a tie. Do you know if we'd have got a draw or even if we'd have lost maybe one nil at home, yeah. you think it gives you it gives all them fans who are going up to Manchester next week a hope and now it's like mm, you just go kind of going up out of loyalty, let's be honest. Um it it, it it's not looking this bleak into let's yeah, it. hopefully it gives white <laughs> injuries wasn't too serious yeah well. I mean, that, that, I mean that was a, even that was a blow wanted seeing him hobble off because mm. you know we'll speak about him later and that but um of course yeah the attacking um, subs we're bringing on as well aren't offering this is yeah my next point adam i've the concern i mean i've got here concerning sub depth slash performance dennis especially <laughs> and um it seems that you know, I mean, it's weird because we've all said, like, in agreement that we, we felt Dennis hasn't been given a fair crack of a whip, and he hasn't. Let's be honest, he hasn't. But he's now gone to the point now when he when he comes on, he's almost more of a liability where he's not starting games because he just doesn't seem up to speed, doesn't seem sharp, he doesn't seem anything. And like, I think it's for a lack of trying. Like, I mean, there was there was one bit which really annoyed me. Lingard put an absolute beaut of a ball over the top, and. Dennis ran onto it and then just miscontrolled it. He went straight over behind pretty much for a throw. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, it's like, oh, it's just, somebody got 10 Premier League goals last season. You can't control a simple chess pass. Like, uh, I mean, that, I mean, obviously we rolled, we rotated and rolled the pack. We brought some subs on. I think, was it Williams, O'Brien, uh, Dennis came on, Lingard came on. And we just looked weaker for it. We looked a bit all over the place, I thought. What did you think? Yeah, I'm in, in agreement with you there, Christian. It's that, it seems like we bought Emmanuel Dennis and really should have probably bought Ismaili Sarr from Watford, if if anyone, or, or Jao Pedro. But you're not going to get every transfer, right? It's really it's really unfortunate because you're kind of taking a risk on someone who's a bit of a maverick and you're hoping he's kind of a bit like maverick in Top Gun where, yeah, he might be a bit of a loose cannon, but he's going to produce some goods for you at least. I mean, that's a bit of a weird analogy to use but that's the one I'm going for so it it's just such a shame because it doesn't it just it tarnishes his his reputation at the end of the day because people are going to see that and going to go oh we're going to get Emmanuel Dennis and all these Forest fans are going to basically say if he don't play he's going to sulk and, and not give his all and it's weird because off the pitch he looks like he, he's 
really part of, a key part of the dressing room almost in terms of like just being quite an energetic happy character sort of thing but it is what it is we, we we're gonna have to probably cut our losses with him either this window or in the summer but it's just a shame because we do lack a little bit of depth because of the injuries but at least like the on a brighter note Lingard coming back is something I mean he he's should get minutes next week. I'd have thought against Man United to be then available in a bit more of a better capacity for the Leeds game, and then and going forward within within the second half of the season will be good. And obviously, hopefully, we'll get a one year and the likes of Niakate back and and whatnot. So yeah, it's 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 worrying, but I've, I also have got there's that bit of light at the end of the tunnel with all the injuries coming back. Hopefully, and will make us stronger as we go forward, and obviously. Scarpa coming in and settling nicely. Danilo looks like, after two games, looks like he's going to be an integral part of the team. And obviously, Gates coming back from his injuries, his minor injury, hopefully, as well. So, there's, there's, there is positives. I mean, it's, it's as bad as the game was and the result. Shit happens, doesn't it? But we'll go forward. We'll, 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 I'm positive about the rest of the season. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Going back on Dennis Lucy, it seems I don't know. You're welcome. I all of you welcome. Jump in this, but it seems that since that reports come out that you know we're looking to cut our losses with Dennis and move him on, either this window or next. It seems like the fan perception has just really turned against him. Like I felt like we felt like before that, like people were sort of like, oh, you know, he's not wearing a fair crack of the whip, sort of thing. Even after the United game, it was sort of like, all right, whatever. Like he's made a mistake, but it's all it is. Ever since that report came out that we were looking to move him on, it was like he's fucking shit, get him gone. And um, I don't know, it's a, it's a little bit weird. But <laughs> again, football's quite a fickle sport anyway, and it's probably more out on loyalty to keep. Yeah, it, I, I, I totally agree with that, Christian. I, I, you know, I'm not going to um, repeat some of the stuff I hear around me, what people are calling him, etc. But as soon as he comes on, um, I think the the game before United, when he come on, I can't remember who it was a Against it was even I think it was it against Wolves it was against Wolves it was even like a couple of boos which obviously that was pretty much just after that report and I mean there's no need for that in my opinion um ninety nine percent of the fan base have made their mind up about Dennis um I don't think now to be honest there's going to be any turnaround especially with the the opportunities he gets like I said he wasn't a Cooper signing it was clear. Um, he wasn't on the bench, was he? Was it for the Bournemouth game? Um, no. No, I, you know, I think if Forrest was to get, I think, oh, I've got much in words now. If Forrest could get options in, I think he'd be off. And the yeah. only reason why he's probably still here is because of them lack of options. Because, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. you know, like, like, like we said, I, <laughs> is he the second highest Premier League scorer in our squad in terms of? Premier League goals behind Lingard, maybe. I think he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, this is the guy who got 10 goals last yeah. season. So, so it must be, you know, with respect, I know folk will probably be hissing now when they listen to this piece on the pub, but he must be at least half decent. Yeah, he's got a bloke scored a brace at the yeah. Bernabeu in the Champions League. Game. I see, I've, seen his goals, like, I've seen his goals last season. You know, the goal he scored for his, us this season was a good, decent goal. Good header, yeah. On the end of a cross, you know, he's not a big guy, is he? So, but yeah, I think that's just one. As soon as that kind of he either leaves or goes on loan or whatever, I think that's better, that'd best be that. for everyone. And he'll want to play as well. He, he won't, he'll be frustrated as anybody would with the type of character I think he perceived to to be. He'll be probably even more pissed off he's not getting a chance. I think that's kind of a, a frustrating note because you think like you look at the difference between 
Surridge, who's been a bit part player this season, and every time he's come on, he's given it his all and he's trying. And you can see he wants to fight for the shirt. I mean, he's refused to go out on loan. It's supposedly reported because he wants to stay and fight for his place and be part of this squad. And that's a really good attitude to have, and someone that you want to have around your club. But Dennis just just doesn't strike me as that, and he's probably a lot more talented than Surridge. Obviously, the, the the stats speak for himself. He's played in Champions League. He scored 10 goals last season for a relegated side in Watford. You kind of just went like, if you, if you had that attitude, it, it'd probably be all right as, a, as someone that's going to fight for his space, but he just doesn't seem to be that bothered. He even, did a day, classic, he even did a day job that pass at Old Trafford anyway. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was fucking dreadful. That. <laughs> that was just like, yeah. you know... I just thought, you know, I mean, I've, I've defended him up times, and when he did that, I was like, "Come on, give you, you know, give yourself a chance." Like you said, Adam, you see with Sam Sturridge, he comes on, he gives his all, and it's like fair play to him. He's trying to work his way in. You know, there might be opinions of he might not be good enough for this level, but he's trying his best. When like Dennis comes on, it's like just a bit half-hearted kind of thing, and I just think to myself, look, if you, you know, you've got a chance to show you can get in this squad in this team because you are you've got talent and then he just you know and also passes like that and, and also prove people holds on to the ball too long yeah and hold on to Lodi being a prime example look at how Lodi's perception has changed you know there was there was people giving it you know his wife or partner announced she was pregnant and there was people even giving him stick on that a few months ago and now you know we're talking this morning um Jack Tolbert about um his release clause and everyone's like, pay it. So just shows you how perceptions can change if you stick at it and work. But yeah, so, sooner that's kind of, I think Dennis has moved on the best for everybody. Mm. To be honest. No, I agree with that. I mean, like, it's, a, it's a classic saying, isn't it? Like, you know, I think talent without hard work doesn't get you very far. Yeah. And it's like, again, I had Dennis had a much better actually, you could probably argue he might even be at Forest, but for whatever reason, that's where he, where he is. And I suspect he'll probably tumble around maybe like the French League or the Turkish League or something next summer. But we'll soon see. But finally, wrap up the United game, at least before we go move on to player performances. So we have to talk about the third goal race. Sadly, I mean, I mean, one, he's, t- he's taken his high beyond us, and again, it's just fucking awful defending. I mean, I don't want. I, I've spoken about Williams several, several times before. I think that one, the ball, the, the fact the ball Ellis Lowry put over the top like that is poor as is, but the fact that you know he just it's a good recovery tackle. I guess I give him credit for that. The clearance has cost us the goal, and I don't want to hear anyone sort of say, "Oh, we tried his best <laughs> to get rid of the ball." Fuck off! Like it's it's just piss poor defending, and I. I at what point do we look at these performances in the back four and just go, the guy's a fucking liability? Like, because we'll come on to it. We, um, we've got some transfer talks, chats to talk about in a bit as well. And then obviously, you know, we look at Toffolo, for example. It's very clear he's not fit for Forrest at all in this system. He might have ability. I haven't seen it, but he, he's not going to show it at our club the way we play at the moment in time. But going back to the goal, again, it's just candy from a baby stuff from United, really. Yeah, I mean... Uh... You know, with how many clipboards I've had over the top this season, um, like you said, uh, Christian did did recover well. And he... <sighs> Do I defend him a little bit? <laughs> Probably a little bit harsh for me personally. I, he has tried to clear, and he he's like been doing kick ups on the floor and to try and get rid of it. And it's like he hasn't got rid of it. Let's be honest. But then as well, I watched that go back. McKenna's too slow to close that mm. down, and it's uh, you know Williams is getting up off the floor. McKenna's turned, seeing it's coming to Bruno Fernandes, he's probably just got to try and literally block that and he stood off him and it's allowed Bruno Fernandes a shot 
and he's placed it into the bottom corner. And let, let's be honest, Hennessy, with probably the age and the heart he's at now, nah, he's, he's not going to get down fully to that. It reminded he? me of the Marshall goal against um, you know, yeah, I felt that yeah. a, better, a more agile or better. Very Pantillamon like, I'd say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> big cost out. Yeah, and, and it, it's just like that just yeah, took out all the sting out of everything, didn't it? Like as we've discussed previously. Um you know, will I mean how old is Williams? Twenty one. The the, 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 the the problem the problem is for us it's no good him sat on the bench always playing I know he's been a bit dicky last couple of games but overall always been far better is it any good him being sat on the bench and getting a ten minute cameo in there probably not you know would Forrest look into a low move for him I don't know because we do obviously need the squad depth but it's not good him being sat on the bench he needs to play um, he's not in my opinion is good enough for us at the minute, as I'm sure, I'm sure you'll agree with that, Christian. So is a low move maybe something we could look into? I don't know. But like I say, it's getting that balance into it with the squad depth because Forrest would probably send him out on loan and then he'd get, or he'd probably get injured or something. So yeah, have to play. Like so, yeah. Um, you know, there's been all talk about people wanting Jed Spence to come back. Me personally, I'd take Spence back in a heartbeat, but not on yeah. loan. I just think that's a way. I just think that's a waste of time for us. Yeah, I buy that. Right. I mean, the it, thing is, but I, I get like they don't want to sell, do they? Yeah, I get why Lee's so frustrated with the fact that there's so much clamour for these loan players. When one, it was a memorable season. I get that, but obviously, you know, he's right. Move on, move on. But equally, yeah. we're not going to move on when we look at people like Williams, who simply can't play football. And it's like we could have had fucking Spence. And it's sort of like you know, that's why that clamour is always going to be there for Jared Spence mm. because we know how good he is and knowing how good he can be. And we know that he's fucking leagues above Williams. It's, it's not even me being critical here. He's such a better player. Like, there's a reason why a Champions League club at the time at Spurs openly bought Spence and a Champions League time club in Liverpool let him go, let Williams go. It's very clear they're on very different trajectories in their career. And, like, you know, the best Williams can hope for, in my opinion, is top half championship. He'll never, he's never going to be good enough to play for Nottingham Forest unless we get relegators. That's my honest opinion. Oh, yeah, obviously, that we'll, we'll have to see when that's all we can say on that. Um, you know, but going back to like Spence, it's you know, Tottenham don't want to sell him, so for me, that's that's just a non start on loan. That what what's good having Jed Spence for six months on loan to then in the summer, oh, we're going to go for it all again. Where Tottenham are like, you know what, Daniel Levy's like, you know, it's a stern negotiator. He, It'll, yeah, be we'll, heart, we'll, it'll be a summer heartbreak again. Will we'll, we'll Conte stay? I don't know. He's out of contract at the end of the season. So a new manager might come in, like the look of him, and he might get a chance. I mean, I, I cannot believe he's not had a chance. I really can't. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. staggering. When you look at who's in front of him as well, I wouldn't have Emerson Royal at Forest. I wouldn't mm. have Matt Doherty no, at Forest. Doherty's knocking <laughs> on a bit into you. And, and they're signing Pedro Porro now for yeah. 45 million. It's like, oh, so, what, what are you doing? Like, I mean, it shows you, he's obviously, his quality because, you know, Sky was saying, was it five Premier League teams looking at him? So yeah. uh, there's obviously teams at this level who think he's good enough. But, um, you know, if it's a loan, that, that isn't something I'd explore at all. And that's probably why it would be, wouldn't it? No, yeah, I think you're probably right. But... Yeah, it's the great shame of Jess Spence continues and much of our demise. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Free Soft the Pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spell R E I double S N F F C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Anyway, to wrap up the United game, uh, the first leg anyway, we look at some player performances. I picked out six players who I thought played, well, performance of note, if you like. So we'll look at tops and bottoms, if you like, from different perspectives. So we'll start, uh, Adam, with Danilo, his first home start. And it's fair to say he made a pretty good impression on the City Grand Faithful. I was in awe of him, to be honest. I think I was a bit of like a bit of a fangirl, to be to to be fair, in the stadium. And then on on Twitter, I wrote about how how good I thought he was, and and people were, seemed to be in in an agreement. And now lies the great debate of what do you do with your, our midfield, which is a nice headache to have for for Cooper. Do you go with Froyler, Danilo, and and Mangala, Yates, or Scarper in there? Really, I think. A lot of the, the, the debates out on Froiler whether people think he's he's good enough or not, but a lot of people like ourselves who are football hipsters or whatever you want to call us, really see we see what Froiler brings and, and what, what good he can do. And it's whether you play him in the in that number six role and Danilo slightly more forward because he looks like with the energy he's got, he can definitely get forward. The technical ability is really good. I mean, I really enjoyed that a lot of the time the ball went forward when he got the ball. He looked quick to release it. He won the ball back a lot of times. I think he had 91% pass rate, which he had against Bournemouth as well, where he got similar sort of amount of time, I believe. His ground jewels were good. And and he and he looked to get forward. I mean, obviously, like the one where we said Brennan Johnson could have passed to him. I mean, he's he's the furthest player forward and he's meant to be the anchor of the of the midfield. So it's it's good to see that what what, what we may have on our hands really, because he looks like a a player without a lot of fear at the moment. Obviously, it's going to be hard. I think we'll probably know more about him by the end of the season, but I've been really impressed with him in the first two games I've watched of him. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I thought it, it was a shame that he come off at 60 minutes, but yeah, great, a great first home debut, you'd say. No, definitely. I agree with that completely. I think... Um... He looks very, very good, didn't he? I mean, he's very clear. So I think my my perception was watching him was like, like I said, the outside of the boot pass to Gibbs White to set up the disallowed goal was like unbelievable. And, um, you know, you don't expect a defensive midfielder to do that sort of thing. And like, he can, from my perception of watching him, you can see why Arsenal have wanted him so intently before and like were pushing hard for him in the summer. So you can really see he does have that level there. He hopefully can be a really exciting player for Forrest. And, um, yeah, on Freuler, I actually personally felt that we maybe missed Freuler more in that defensive role because of his intelligence and the pitch and how he sort of just positions himself. I thought he looked to maybe not bypass slightly, but he looked almost a little lost in that sort of like his more normal position, weirdly. But so whether that's something Cooper changes and puts maybe Delillo slightly forward moving forward and Freuler at the base still, who knows? But no, very, very impressive debut and really pleased with that. And obviously, Reese will come on to our star boy now, or star man, should we say. In uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, I thought, I think, I'm pretty sure that Gibbs-White dispossessed Casemiro three times in the first half alone, which, I mean, to do it once is incredible enough. Bear in mind, Casemiro plays, I guess, a fucking force field around him and, like, just <laughs> runs a game on his own. But he gave Casemiro a headache the whole time he was on the pitch. He looked absolutely brilliant. 
against United. And I thought, you know, the way he's playing, are, are we even going to keep him that long? Are we going to keep him more than a year or two? Because he's, like, seriously showing his potential now. Yeah, I, th- I think the best word I'd say to describe Morgan Gibbs White is fearless. Um, you know, Casemiro is in the top three central defensive mids in the world. An absolute mentality monster in my eyes. And, and like you say, Christian, Gibbs White made it difficult for him. Um, you know, not afraid to poach the ball off him, not afraid of who it is. And if we can kind of get his um, application across the whole team in terms of, you know, we we don't care who we're playing here. We're going to, you know, take it kind of to you. Then we're in good stead. But yeah, he, he's, he's, a, he's a talented player. I, lo- I love watching him. Um you know, can, can we, if he carries on our can we keep him? I'd like to hope we can keep him for quite a while. I think he probably sees it as a project. That's why he signed. That's why he left Wolves and it can probably build us into a stabilised Premier League club and he can be kind of talisman slash big part of that. But yeah, he, he's, he's a joy to watch and he's one who's getting better every week, you know. We go back to last game, you know, the pass for Johnson's goal outside of the foot. You know, like me and Lee said, if Kevin De Bruyne would have done that, there would have been waxing lyrical about him on Sky. So, yeah, loving what I'm seeing from him. Um, the only people who thinks we've been ripped off for those who aren't watching him. So, you know, let them think that. But I think every Forest fan is delighted with what we're seeing from Morgan Gibbs White. And, you know, long may it continue. Definitely. I mean, I think that you're right. He's a joy to watch. I mean, yeah. It's getting to the point where it's just worth watching Forrest just to watch him and it's the way he's playing. Like he's that good. And like it's I think it's interesting that the national press have started to pick up on it as well. Cause I mean I saw um one report, I think it might have been The Guardian actually, it sort of say that maybe Forrest have seen something that we haven't in Gibbs White because he is very good at football. And it's you can tell he's very he's literally so talented. Like the way he keeps the ball, the way like, he's just so skillful, the way he, he's quick passes into channels, like he's just a brilliant, brilliant player to watch. And like like we said earlier. Hopefully his injury isn't that serious. Hopefully he's back for the Leeds game because yeah, we're going to need him. If we are going to stay in this division, we're really going to need him because I'll, I'll actually like a bold statement now. If we keep Gibbs White fit for the rest of the season, Forrest comfortably stay up. Comfortably. Let's, let's say that's true. Yeah, Danny Murphy was praising him on TalkSport as well before our game. He said that if Forrest had a chance again, he had to be on, you know, at his mm. peak, he said, because he's starting to become a real influence in games. So that was nice to hear from the national media um, but yeah it, it's just a player who gets you on edge you see you know when, when he's driving at teams you think something's going to happen here you know the pat, the pass for the disallowed goal will wait, was weighted to perfection really it's just a shame you know we're going back to, to toenails and kneecaps offside I thought we'd gone past that stage but obviously not well it's United isn't it so oh yeah True. I think that was, I mean obviously offside's offside but mm. you're right it did feel like if it had Rashford done that would it have been it's it's yeah. I know what people That's are saying. That's a conspiracy in me thinking that really. Well, people I mean, are saying now that it's offside, 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 which I get, but you know, when it's literally a kneecap or a toe, to me I always have gone with a bunch of you play the advantage to your tackle. Yeah, what advantage is it? If if he's like old body or a full limbs maybe offside, fair enough, but you know, we can't get into that. Offside's offside, that's the rule. We'll just have to take it on the chin, unfortunately. Adam, yeah, something to. I think just regarding Gibbs White quickly. I mean, if we can keep him for the next two, three seasons, we'll we'd have done really well. We'll either be pushing for Europe on a regular, like flirting with it, like Europa League or whatever, like 
uh, dreamland we want to be in, but why should we not aim as high as we possibly can? Or or we sell him for an absolute astronomical fee. I mean, you look at what like Jack Grealish has gone for in, in the past 100 million to Man City, and I know he was doing kind of similar things at Aston Villa, though I I, I watch more Gibbs White, and I, I, he just runs everywhere, and he's like a bloody, unlike Duracell bunny batter is, isn't he? So we, we're going to gain regardless from him being in our side, and I would not be shocked if he's that player that, where people are clamouring for him to be in the England side and then gets in and then probably inevitably doesn't play. But, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> the Southgate way, yeah. The Southgate way, yeah. <laughs> Anyone with flair, out the side. But <laughs> anyway, we get talking of flair, Adam. Um, Gustavo Scarpa, I thought that he did play pretty well against United, actually. I thought, like, obviously, he's, um, especially in the first half, he looked, again, some good good balls, good, like, as that shot, the, the technique to take that on the side foot volley from the corner, that's bloody unbelievable. But yeah. um, how did you think he played? Yeah, I thought he was he was good in the first half, especially, I thought, second half, like, like we've all spoke about, the result was kind of already done and dusted, so I think he kind of faded... A lot, but I liked his link up play with, with Danilo and Lodi down that left hand side. And he was kind of in that left hand channel. He looked like he wanted to try and get the ball in the box. I thought, looking at his couple of set pieces, that he actually finally took where we've been told he's he's a really good player for that sort of thing. I thought he whipped in some really good corners, some dangerous corners. But I thought Gibbs White was doing the same, to be fair, on the other side. But yeah, promising. Still, I think he's still bedding in quite nicely. I think we'll. We'll see. We'll see the best of Scarpa soon. I won't be surprised if he does score an absolute thunder bastard of a goal sooner or later because he seems to like to take him on, which is nice to see. That we've not really got a player like who will kind of have a pop shot here and there at the moment, so that's good to see. So yeah, I, I'm pleased with his with how he how he's settled in so far. So so far so good, really. And he wears two headbands, which is which is marvelous, isn't it? Have you noticed the red and white as well? The red and white, red and white, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, the you know, I kind of codes it from away games. So like a yellow and blue one for the away leg. And maybe Diff- when we whack out the bus seat, you'll just have like a like, <laughs> just strips of like tube seat around this head or something. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am surprised we've not got a song related to Eddie Hearn's You Are Different Gravy and, and headbands, <laughs> but I'm sure that will come. Sure it will at some point, yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to move on to Joe Worrell now, Reese. Um Obviously, I think since the Palace game, he's been very good. I don't think anyone can dispute that. He's been a key part of Forest winning points, especially at home. Like, you know, against Leicester, especially, I thought, you know, barring a few odd passes, his head it, kick it, clear it, he was there. But if we're being critical, it's probably fair to say he's at fault for two goals against United. How do you think he played? Um, Yeah, like you said, Christian, I think... This was a question very early on in the season where we spoke about it and we, we got a bit of stick for it in the time, didn't we? Because um, we said, you know, we can't be sentimental about players. What, what was an interesting one for me, he shows some games that he can do it at this level, the Leicester game being one. The Palace game, aside from the, the foul, I thought he was good. Uh, thankfully, got away with that one. And then when you kind of do that step up to that, elite level where you play your likes and Man United etc then it probably is sometimes a bit too much for him I think the problem for our centre-halves at this league in this league who are I'd say decent is when you've not got a turn of pace in this league like McKenna and Warren haven't I think that's where they'll struggle it's like I look at Thiago Silva who's a Rolls-Royce defender who's not the 
a dead quick, but because he's so good, he can his movement, he knows where to be, his positioning. Whereas like for us, we've got like very good championship slash lower end prem defenders who aren't the quickest. Sometimes they'll struggle. And that 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 typified in the first goal because I just kind of thought while we got into his head, if I go tight here, he's gonna knock it by me and blow me for pace. You know, there was a, there, that happened at Newcastle on the first day when St. Maximum, every time St. Maximum ran at him, he just looked worried. Um, so it is something he's, you know, he's obviously gone away because he was out of the team for a while and he's come back and he's been decent. Um, you know, to be honest, if we were to stay at this level for, you know, I'm surmising here, several seasons, there might be a point where we might probably outgrow the likes of Joe Warren and McKenna, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it's just, they, they can they do show games that they can do it at this level. The problem is at this level, it's got to be consistent. But we are talking about against one of the best sides in the country at the minute. So, again, I don't want to be too harsh on them because, you know, they've improved a lot of them massively from where we was. So, but yeah, I think it just his lack of pace is the concern for me with Warren at this level, personally. You, I think you're right. I think the thing that struck me in terms of pace instead of actually pace is something you don't necessarily see in a championship. Mm. I know obviously this is a very ex- exaggerated example, but the Sandro Martinez, Jesus Christ, he's quick. It just felt like every single ball that was put in behind, dangerous ones too, he was just bang, there. Not yeah, the, there was a point where I think... None of our centre-backs can do that. Maybe near Carte, but we've not seen it because he's been injured for so long. But none of our centre-backs that we have currently can do that, can have that turn of pace, just wipe out a ball from behind, just stop it being... Yeah, uh, right. there was a point in the game where I think Johnson was facing Martinez up and the guy behind me went, blow him. And he not, tried to knock it by him and Martinez just turned and kind of just walked. It was the same last season. I don't know if you guys can remember in the FA Cup when Spence tried to Van Dyke, knock yeah. it by Van Dyke and he just like stepped to the side to stay up with him. And it's that's just the levels, you know. There's been so many incredible defenders over the years who have not been dead quick, but positionally they've just they've got that intelligence and that's the art of defending. Um but yeah, um, it's just like I say, it's just just a pace at the back for me at this level. But um yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see going forward. I don't know if it's something the club will address in the summer if we stay up or in this window if they're kind of keeping the fingers crossed for Neocarte to come back, which that does seem like it, it does is seem like you now. Finally, yeah. I mean, it's weird because I mean, of like everyone's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. What's he doing? Like, I mean, if he's ripped his hamstring, he's ripped his hamstring. Yeah. It take four months to recover. Well, so yeah, think, like, it, that happened in August. Four months. That was January. So well, yeah, like... he had a setback, didn't he? Hamstring's one of them. You come back too early, you just, it just goes again and then you're back to square one. That's probably what's happened. He's yeah, come he's back good, yeah. and he's probably gone again and you're just back to square one again. So Forrest would probably think, nah, well, let's take his time on it. So definitely. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we get him back soon. I think he'll be a big bust as well. Yeah, um, Adam, Sam Sarage, last player for you to uh, recall. How do you think he played? Because again, I thought that again, like, like we spoke about, he really has you know he put a shift in. He was brilliant finish. Just, I'm very unfortunate about the timing and the kneecap sort of thing. Although I did not that he was alone in this. And again, this is me being devil's advocate, ultra critical. I did feel second half he was maybe a little bit anonymous, much like most of the Forest team were, like Johnson especially. Again, and the attacking unit just didn't seem to be there as much, especially when Gibbs White went off. But how do you think Sarri's played? And do you think that like 
obviously we've got a few days left of the window. Would you like to see Forrest push for a strike? Or do you think Sarge has done enough to sort of convince you that he's safe enough and reliable enough to call upon when we need him to? That's probably a million dollar question, isn't it? As they would call it, or million pound, however you want to look at it. I think that goal at Bournemouth has definitely given Surridge something to to cling on for in terms of confidence because that finish was nothing sh- nothing short but of confidence, wasn't it? It was stroked brilliantly into the bottom corner and and you can see what that's done for him. It's not from a lack of trying, I thought, in the game. I thought he, he ran his socks off, but I think... In some respects, you have to press as a team to for for it to look good. Otherwise, he just looks like a a headless chicken almost. He was trying to close down like Casemiro, uh, Martinez, and and Lindelof, and they're just just knocking the ball around him effortlessly. And that's where it just looks like he's it's a bit aimless almost with the press. That's where I think the rest of the team has to come into play. But then you get completely ripped apart in some cases by doing that. Uh, I I'd still keep him around. Whether I'd go for another striker, it depends who's available. Really, like I mean, you look at fringe players within the Premier League, and there's not that many. I mean, then and then there's another one where do you take a risk on someone abroad? Do you take a risk on someone in the Championship where their price is going to be inflated now because it's January and and teams are already kind of know what what their aim is for in the second half of the season? So. It's a really, really difficult one. I mean, I think, I think we we've got enough to stay up within the division, and then we readdress it in the summer. Personally, uh, I do like Sam Surridge. I think he's a well liked character within the fan base and within the dressing room. So, and I, I'm quite happy for him to get the opportunities, especially if we're going to give him chances like that against teams in the round as he'll score goals. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I fully, true. I fully, I fully believe that the fluidity of going forward on 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 Wednesday night was, was really good. And he was part of that build-up play more often than not. I just think United just completely dealt with us when, when, when it, when time came to it. So I'd, I'd keep him. I think he's, he's more than, more than good enough, whether people agree with that or not, that's up to them. But I just think the market is, is too difficult in January. But we are looking to bring in a Brazilian wonder kid, but he plays we'll on the wing, on, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's a striker. So <laughs> no, we'll come on. So I think it's a good question. It's a good point, actually. I mean, I do I think like I said, everyone sort of likes Sarage, I think. I mean, I think as well, in terms of finishing ability, he's very, very good. I think that the ones that he's missed is probably down to lack of confidence and lack of sharpness. But I think he really needed that goal against Bournemouth. And I think that's why I obviously you saw stories that the whole dressing room gave him a round of applause when he came back in because of how much it meant to him. Like Hopefully, yeah. I mean, obviously, we still got Chris Wood as well. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So, we still have Chris Wood. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm very pleased with Sarah. I hope, I hope he does work for him at Forest. I really do because I think that you know, he's a very likable player. But again, like as Reese touched upon with Warrell, if we get to a point where we are banging the door for like uh, want to be where we are again and reestablish ourselves as one of the better teams in the country. But that's another debate for another time. We're trying to walk, walk before we can run. Yeah. And anyway, last player to talk about Reese from the United game is Wayne Hennessy, because I feel that it's worth mention. I see he's let in. I hate these stats because they're not necessarily accurate. But I think it's is it fourteen goals he's let, in? like eleven goals in the last four games he's let in now, or fourteen goals in the last like whatever it is. But I think also it was six. A grand six loads are coming against. Um, 11 goals in four games, sorry. Yeah, six lows are against United, two four against Blackpool. I previously, like, will come on to 
the goalkeeper link shortly because obviously we've had a lot of those flying around. I personally didn't believe we needed one. I said I said before in the last pod that you know a, you don't buy a goalkeeper and don't trust him. But from what I've seen in those last two games against United, especially, I am slightly concerned because I think all three goals were preventable from a better goalkeeper. Although obviously the keeper's only because front what's in front of him, but that's a bit scary. What did you think of how he played? I think it's um, he probably signed and expected not to play much at all. I mean, if you look at all the top clubs now, they've all got a number one, um, and the the second keeper is usually either a youngster, um, like Liverpool, for example, with Kelleher, or they've got someone like ourselves, Vasi Experience, who's kind of just there, really, like United with Tom Heaton, for example. Um, so he probably wouldn't have expected to have played much, I guess, when we signed him. The calls early on in the season for him to replace Henderson were nonsense, but you know that's gone now. Um, it all depends really on how long Henderson's out for, I guess. If you know, the, obviously the United game, he couldn't play anyway. Will he be back for Leeds? I, I, I don't, I don't know. So I, for me, it all depends on how long he's going to be out for. Um, if it's you know, one or two more games, I personally probably would stick with Hennessy. Um, but then people argue getting somebody in for two games might improve his chances of safety if it's a better goalkeeper, which is fair. But is Kayla Navas going to come for like two games and then sit on the bench? I very much doubt it. Um, so, yeah, it is, you know, he's just, it is, let's be honest, it is age of his career. You just, picking up contracts, aren't you? And you're happy probably to be number two, really. You know, he's he's seen out his dream, I guess, in playing at the World Cup. I know it ended badly for him. But, um, and to be fair, he did make a very good save from Anthony um, in the United game. But, um, yeah, you know, them cries for him early on the season from fans to be as number one, that you can't have that. It's, it's just too knocking on too much. Um, but yeah, it would all depend on Christian when Henderson's back, mate. To be honest, um, we obviously don't know um, on that. <laughs> so no. yeah, it's a bit of a tough question like, to ask. Like, yeah, but yeah. Um, no, it's it's. it's even I mean, I mean, do you know, like back in the day, there'd be so many teams you'd have like a number one and number two are very good. Now nah, that doesn't really happen. I'd say you know, like I've just said, you know, Liverpool's backups Kelleher. You know, Arsenal's backups that Matt Turner, who's he's pretty young, isn't he? You know, City have their backups out on loan, but they've also brought in another backup who's not really a household name. There's only really Chelsea because Kepper had been a flop at first. Who've got Edward Mendy, and who've kind of really only got two solid goalkeepers now. Nah, everyone else is usually your number one, your out and out number one. It's just a shame for us he's on loan and he's got an injury, and then number two's kind of. Just, just the backup, aren't they? Really, um, the problem is as well. We've not even got a youngster, have we? Um, we got Smith. <laughs> I don't want him in goal, mate. No disrespect to him. Um, I'd rather have ever seen goal over him any day of the week. But if 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 Cooper think Cooper won't think the tie's dead because that's ridiculous. I know ninety nine point nine percent as fans we think it's over, but a manager cannot think the tie's over at three 0 You've got to have a go because that's just ridiculous mentality to have and Cooper isn't that type of guy. So I think we'll probably go pretty strong, to be honest, especially with not having played this weekend. 
I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, we'll come on to previews very shortly, but I think you're absolutely right. And uh, we'll certainly see how that transpires as well. But very before we go into predictions, we have some transfer news. So it looks like Lewis O'Brien will be heading on loan to West Bromwich Alvin for the rest of the season. Obviously, be linking up with Carlos Corbran there. And uh, the person who came with him on that £10 million move to City Grounds, Harry Toffolo, has apparently turned down Hull City, but looks like he could be going to Anderlecht. So, Adam, obviously... I feel bad for O'Brien, personally. I think that he's not been the same player since his illness. So I'm really hoping that he can rediscover his best form and come back stronger in the summer. And I still think there is a part from that forest, just absolutely no doubt. Toffolo, I mean, this is what I commented on to earlier when I sort of spoke about Williams. I mean, I think that with Richard's fit, again, or so it seems, I think that will likely sanction Toffolo's exit because you know, it's very obvious that we need pacey fullbacks and I think Lodi and Richards complement each other well. If one comes out, then you've got a like-for-like like coming in and that's one of the reasons why I would like to see Forrest for Spence on another matter because I think that if Ore comes out and you've got Spence coming in, both of whom very similar. But what do you make of those two potential exits? I mean, again, you know, I really feel bad for O'Brien, but yeah. I just think, like you said about his illness and then now Scarpa potentially being able to play deeper. Then you've got Yates and Mangala and now Danilo. And even Colback, you look maybe even might be ahead of O'Brien, which is a weird one to say. So, uh, and I think because of Colback's age, you don't want to, you, there's no point getting rid of him. And I think, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I think his contract runs out in the summer. O'Brien's yeah, at an age, right. yeah. O'Brien's at an age where playing is the only benefit for him so it kind of makes sense in that sort of respect I do think there's a good player in there definitely and then with Toffolo I think you kind of hit the nail on the head if Richards is back by by the end of this month by say the Fulham game or something like that then it kind of makes sense really and and Nico Williams can cover both fullback positions if if desperate obviously I know that that'll probably pain you to to think about Christian but (laughs) it is what it is so yeah Kind of makes sense. I mean, Toffolo to Anderlecht is a bit of an odd transfer, but football's a bloody strange game these days. I mean, players are going all sorts of places. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing, but it that's just, just how it goes sometimes. He must it? like his Belgian chocolate or beer, I guess. Um, <laughs> Pint of Jupiler or Stella out there. Bit of left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, left, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you haven't obviously... The Kale Navas things have sort of been, no one really knows where it's coming or going. You've got Fab Romano saying that there's interest. You've got the Independent saying that Forrest found out Henderson's coming back earlier, so they've abandoned their search. So obviously that one, we won't really cover in much depth for them. To be fair, Rishi pretty much hit a nail on the head of that one anyway. But we do seem to have um, another link to another Brazilian one, the kids, Angelo Gabriel from Santos, who we apparently could be signing for a 1 million loan fee and an 18 million obligation in the summer to avoid FFP sanctions. But it seems that the kids, apart from I think he's sort of Santos' second youngest ever player, and Barcelona have a first refusal on him for 35 million. So it's fair to say that quite a few people in the game think pretty highly of him. Um, I can't say much about him, apart from he's an attacking winger, it sounds like. So, uh, what do you make of the link, Reese? And- <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, what do I know about him? Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> anyway, from extensive Pass knowledge. From no, what do you make of the link? From all we heard of, like it does sound like it could be quite exciting if it comes off. And apart yeah, from Forrest wearing a yellow and blue kit forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, after how we've played in the last yellow and green kit, I don't think um, that'd be a good <laughs> idea. But um, um, 
you know, just scraping past Weymouth springs to mind in that kit. Oh, yeah, I think that's that, the, yeah. the best word to describe it, Christian. Exciting, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no one will really know much about him unless you're an expert. Um, you know, the likes of Tim Vickery in South American football, really. I don't know if um, Michael, the Palmeiras fan, Adam knows much about him. Might be a I mean, I've, chuck I've already found a Santos person to oh. potentially... <laughs> To, to potentially get my teeth <laughs> into. So don't you worry, lads. Well, let, let's hope he's as good as the likes of Pele and Neymar who played for Santos. I've uh, heard he's the second the coming of Pele. He's a regen. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we're going to score. He's going to score about a thousand yeah. goals. Um, it's I it's really difficult it's... to, like, obviously know anything about these. I mean, but if someone like Barcelona is interested, they must have a little bit about him. I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid have been spunking about 50 million on like Brazilian like unknowns for years I mean I think Hendrick will be the next is the next one to go into at yeah. 16 17 I mean they did the same with Rodrigo and, and Vinicius Jr and Vinicius Jr you'd arguably is po- possibly one of the best wingers in the world at the moment so yeah, definitely I think well, 18 yeah. million is is absolutely nothing at this day and age especially if he's like half as good as like what I've seen from Danilo already or just as good but in an attacking sense then then bring them all on but I don't think he'll quite work in the in the song that we've got going at the moment. I believe so. <laughs> That's like, I think quad, I think yeah. I, I think quadruple would doesn't quite flow right, does it? No, it's, it's just yeah, very interesting. We could end up with more Brazilians than English players at this rate, but I mean, it does come from um, it does come from I think uh, Gerard, isn't it? Because I know he was very close with bringing in Pe- Jao Pedro and Richarlison to Watford, so I think obviously he does have quite a lot of maybe. He brought Richarlison in, didn't he? So. Yeah, so I say yeah. Mm. So maybe that is obviously his influence. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Obviously, he won't count towards the squad count either because he's only 18. So yeah, excited. We'll have to see what happens. It was signing Link all the same. We could have a new name on our hands. Who knows? But anyway, we're going to look at predictions now for the United game and the Leeds game. Uh, obviously, coming up both in the next week. So uh, Lee's given us a few predictions. He's gone for a spirited one-all draw at Old Trafford. He thinks they're going to weaken their side a bit. We'll leave with some credit. And he's gone for a 2-1 home win against Leeds on Sunday. Uh, I think, obviously, both games on Sky. Again, it's up to you whether you want to watch my potential bluff or not. But um, we'll see what happens. But, yes, so Adam, what are your predictions for? Firstly, United away in the second leg, and then Leeds at home in the Premier League. I know Reese mentioned about going, still going strong at Old Trafford, but for me... I'd, I'd, I know it's really terrible attitude to have, but I'd just fuck it off. But now I'd, I'd cut our losses and and rotate the team and give players minutes that need them, uh, for for our squad players like Lingard who have coming back and 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 Mangala and Yates who didn't play the other night. That's just that's just how I feel. I think Leeds is such a more important game to me. So I'll probably I'm gonna go. I think I'll go for a draw because I think Man United will rotate. They've got ten games within thirty days. Obviously, one of them was was against us. So. And they're playing Reading in the FA Cup, I believe, as as we uh, as we've recorded this today. So I think they will rotate as well, and and we'll get a draw there. And then against Leeds, I think that's going to be an, a game where it's a hundred miles per hour because that seems to be the case every time we play Leeds, regardless of the league we're in. And it's going to be tight. It's going to be energetic, and and I think chaos. But I do think we've got a bit more now about us to manet- to potentially come out on top. But I do think they are a, a danger against anyone in this division because of how they play. But I think we'll we'll get past them and I think it will be a high score in three two to the forest. 
is very interesting one that Reese. what about you what are your predictions um I get Adam's point of view and I do um I just I'm just like saying it from Steve Cooper's point of view that won't be in his like head to yeah just chuck it you know I'd kind of agree with him it's 99.9% like we said probably tie over but you've got to have a go ain't you um I do think we'll get beat again personally. I think I do think United will still go pretty strong. They'll probably chuck the likes of Ganacho and Palestri in there. Um, you know, Ganacho is a bit of a wonder kid, isn't he? As is Palestri's full international for Uruguay. So um I do think we'll get beat two one at Old Trafford. I do think we'll score this time though, um, without VAR intervening again against United. Um the Leeds game for me. I'd say, I'd kind of say it's a must win. We've got to be looking at beating the teams around us um, at home, especially. And I just looking through the fixtures of everyone else around us and pretty much everyone else around us has got really tough games that weekend. So if we can like win, that'd be massive for us. And, you know, I'm just looking at Leeds as a way form and it's, they've got the worst in the league tied with West Ham and Bournemouth. They've only won once away from home, which was at Liverpool. So they're poor away from home. You know, like Adam said, it's always a bit of a rivalry between Forest and Leeds. Well, I think Leeds with everyone, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's always that bit of spice to our game. So it, and with how Leeds playing, with how we're playing at home at the minute, it probably will be very end-to-end, fast-paced. But we've got to be looking at winning that game. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 win in that, um, which would be brilliant for us. Definitely. Yeah, it would be very crucial that. Um, I think going for the United game away, I think that I I think you're right. I think it'll be a strong Forest team. I think they'll probably play. They'll probably make eleven changes. But those eleven changes, you have to remember, probably will include people like Maguire. Will include people like you know. So I think that we'll draw one or Old Trafford. I think it will be a spirited one or draw. They won't really care. You know, they just want to control the game and they'll see it out. Whatever else and. Um, we can probably take from that that oh you know what we we Cooper will take from that if we do get a draw he'll say okay yeah it's crap we've lost a tie but we've shown that we can get a result at a place like this and that could be a big confidence boost if that happens as for Leeds I reckon it's going to be a ding dong a proper ding dong because they cannot defend to save their fucking lives they just throw men forwards so I actually agree with Adam I think it'd be three two Forest I think that we can pick them off but they're gonna they're likely to cause us problems. And yeah. especially if Hennessy's in goal, I think they really will cause us problems. So, not only that, is it Galonso, the left winger? Yeah, got the Italian bloke. Very, he's very talented. Brilliant. Lad. Yeah, be, so, a test for, be a test for Aurier. Yeah, definitely. It has to be their discipline to deal with him. So, but yeah, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say 3 2 Forest win. And um, yeah, like you say, with everyone playing each other around us, hopefully that, that we can gain some leverage and sort of put some real daylight between us and the bottom three. But we will certainly see. Anyway, before then, we do have the second, second leg of the semi-final. We are still in the semi-final, believe it or not. I mean, stranger things have happened. Forrest have won 4-0 at Old Trafford before in the past. It was a long, long time ago. But who's to say history can't repeat itself? We'll soon find out. Anyway, take care. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share. And it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, 
you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 